Hi, I'm Andalisi. And I'm Chef James Regato. In this episode of Essential Cooking, we'll talk with Val Markle of Val's Pizza. We talk Detroit pizza and compare some of our favorites from local mainstays to fast food chains. Val also tells us about her pursuit of the perfect pizza dough and the strict guidelines for making Neapolitan pizza. Val, I am um, super stoked to have you here. You know, and Val came from Portland. Uh-huh. And I remember I remember Val and I sat down and chatted. And she, I remember you telling me you loved making pizzas. And yeah. I was like, what are you looking to do in the city? And you're like, I want to cook kind of like farm to table, kind of like low key, looking for more of like a day job vibe. And I was like, dude, you should totally go to Selden. I think you're going to thrive there. And yeah. you did. You went yeah. and worked for Andy for... Two years? I was there for about a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked working there. Um, I was doing staffed pizzas there. I took every <laughs> spare second I had to make pizzas there, and I started a, a weekly thing there. Um, it was either every Friday or Saturday because those were, like, the busiest days. Yeah. So it's like staff meal was a huge deal there, and it was a really good way for all the staff to get together and eat communally we all took like a half hour break if you could it was a really intense kitchen but that was the idea and we the staff members made delicious food and we all sat down and ate together and uh so I just made it a point every week to make pizzas and uh I was really working for toward uh doing a pop-up with Selden like Andy and I had been talking about that for a while like doing like a late night like closing Selden Um, early like doing like a this is like before Val's Pizza, but it was essentially Val's Pizza because they ha- they already had the pizza oven. Yeah, I know, and, beautiful oven. And so everything about the pizzas that I was doing kind of came from my experience on the West Coast in Portland, which is like super farm to table and uh, every which is everything that Selden did. So in my head, it was like just interpreting the Selden food onto a pizza, you yeah. know, like fresh roasted Brussels sprouts or uh, you know, like whatever they got going on. And uh, so anyway, I just I. Did all all my spare time? I just made pizzas there, uh, and I came, became known for it. They weren't really that great. I wasn't using the the wood fire oven. I was just say, is this is this the same dough that you have now? No, it okay. was it was slightly different. I was kind of like uh, playing around with it every week. Yeah. At the time, I was making like pan pizzas. It was just what was easiest at the time, you know. And it's just kind of hard to make really excellent pizzas without a stone and stuff. Yeah. One one day, Andy and uh, Nick. And a couple of the cooks really pitched in, and we all like did wood fire pizzas. But I mean, it was that's a lot of work. We, yeah, totally. we literally set up a pizza line, yeah. like right in the middle of busy lunch rush and dinner rush. It's yeah, kind of, kind of absurd. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I worked at Selden, and um, I just made pizzas there. And, and where'd you go after Selden? After Selden, I worked at Takoy, and the same thing. I just made pizzas whenever I could. Yeah. But uh, my whole thing is like things can be easily translated on a pizza oh, if, yeah. if it goes good with bread or even just a salad, like it'll work on a pizza. So I was making like Thai, Thai creations and stuff. And me and Brad have talked about collaborating on a pop-up nice. where I use like his sausage. It's all fun. Like, you know, like fermented sausages yeah. and, uh, uh, it, and I've ma- been making Thai food for years. Say, fish, uh, fish sauce and like yeah, the caramels, exactly. all those things are killer. And, yeah. and Brad feels the same way. He His background is in Italian cuisine and he realized how much that translates into Thai food. And totally. uh, so we kind of have a very similar background in that in that sense. So how did, so I want to, I'm curious though, cause you know, pizza to me is like, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's like ramen where it kind of like, it's kind of 
based out of a country, but it actually belongs to the world now. Yeah. You know, what, what, like, how did you explain how you got to your dough today? Cause that's one of the most important parts, right? Yeah. It's like, cause obviously if you're doing pan pizza, like you mentioned, or wood fired or charcoal or brick, you know, the dough matters, the yeast matters. Like, yeah, how yeah. did you get to your dough today? And you don't need to give us the secret recipe, but what is the process of how you got to where you're at? I think that when it comes to recipes, bread especially, I think that you can't necessarily translate a recipe that you get and just take it from that book and just take it home and be exactly the same. It has to be a general concept. It has to be, there's still the percentages that you follow as far as the exact recipe, but as far as the timing, so much of it's going to be different. So, so much of, of nailing down a recipe is like what works for your own systems, you know? And so I just basically just, I've worked at a lot of pizzerias, so I have a lot of recipes as far as dope. But I, but I never really look at old recipes. I always just, anytime I like go to a new restaurant or something, I'm like, oh, I know how to do that. But I always like start from scratch, you know? Right. So that's essentially what I did is I just went online, you know, you can see just ratios. Everything is right. ratio, you know? Yeah. I mean, Bianco, I think I like Bianco. I mean, that's kind of yeah. like, that's kind of like, yeah. my, I feel like that's the best. A lot of people talk about Roberta's and Roberta's yeah. is incredible. But I think oh. Chris, I think Chris Bianco. Oh, hold on a second. What? You got to explain all that. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, you're gonna so, have to. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're gonna I, have I, to I, explain I, that. To people excited. are like, "What is we're he talking excited. about? What is he talking about?" Yeah, they're gonna be like, "Where's Roberta's?" I know. So, 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 so Bianco, Chris Bianco is probably one of the most famous pizza chefs in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, Bianco Pizzeria Bianco is out of Phoenix, Arizona. Right. I feel like he's like a you know all the things James Beard winner New York Times I mean, he's got all those things. Yeah, he has famous the the canned tomatoes the Bianco Dinopoli tomatoes that uh, tomatoes. they're just incredible. That's like his branding. Yeah. Uh, he's just I haven't been there. Really? I, no. It's yeah, it's definitely worth a trip. I mean, it's I love I love how simple. If you go to if you ever go to Phoenix, anybody you have to go to Pizza Bianco. He's obviously Chris Bianco has won a lot of the awards that you expect to see, you know, from a destination restaurant. But what I like most about Pizza Bianco is how simple it is. It's like four or five pizzas, one or two salads, and like you go in there and like that's it. You get a pint of beer or you know whatever you obviously whatever you want, and then you just eat a perfect pizza. They just it's it's the dough made every day, hand slapped, you know, uh, the brick oven. It's just it's just a perfect. Pizza. It's not some foreign concept. It's just perfectly executed pizza. I mean, we see so. All right. First of all, I don't know how many pizzerias there are in oh, the United yeah. States. Okay. There's probably it's a like one somewhere. of the most made food, like popular food in the United States. But being able to separate yourself from all of what's out there, right. that is like a t it's still a tall order to be able to do that, to do something so simple so well. And so I think that's why it's exciting, Val, what you're doing, because you guys are doing pizza so well. And yeah. You're, yeah. And you're, that's what you're talking about, I, the I, simplicity sure. of why it works. That's what you're doing in Detroit, Val. So I think it's it's worth mentioning that we recognize that there are so many pizzerias. You can go on, you know, can't go a couple blocks probably. Oh, uh, yeah. Without, it's, it's probably one in every block. But without um, finding a pizza place. But doing this longstanding tradition really, really well is still something to strive for. And I think that's why it's exciting that you guys are doing exactly that. Well, I think fast food, fast food also kind of claims pizza a lot, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, if you look at something like Little Caesars, which I mean, there's a reason why they exist, but the $5 hot and ready is a specific product. And like, 
I'm not mad at it. It exists. Right. But like, that's not the same as something that you do or yeah. that even like a Bigalora does or Sapinos or any of these other, you know, tomatoes of pizza, right. any of these other local pizzerias that do a, a pretty, pretty darn good job. You can't say that Pizza Hut Express at a gas station or, you know, uh, you know, Little Caesars Hot and Ready's like, they're all filling their own kind of niche. Mm -hmm. I think that like seasoning, sauce, bread, and toppings, you know, kind of all blended together is a little bit of like a, you know, that, that there's a, there's some kind of interpretation in every country in the world for that. But I yeah. think that, I think, do we need another pizzeria? Not really. Do we need another great pizzeria? Absolutely. Yeah. You know? I, I, I mean, I hear that a lot from Detroit. People are like, there's so many, there's so many pizzerias in Detroit. And it's like, yeah, but also no. There's yeah, there's totally. a lot of Jets. There's a lot of Hungry Howies and yeah. Little Caesars. And then there's some great ones. There's, you know, we love like Michigan and Trumbull. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, we love Pizza Plex and Pie Sai. And, but those are pretty far and few in between. And the thing about Detroit too is that it's so huge and it's so empty. Like I live in a really great neighborhood in Old Redford, and there's there's no pizza place out there. There's one that there's only one within walking distance of my house that closed uh, like during COVID. And where I'm from, there's there's a pizzeria in every neighborhood that people yeah. can walk to, and it's a community. It's you know it's a place where people can get drinks after like a ball game, and and to have like such a thriving neighborhood as mine without a pizzeria and, and it's it's so easy to say that Detroit has all these things but in reality it doesn't like Midtown has things or like New Center has things That's or Corktown has things yeah. but Detroit as a whole is missing a lot of things it's missing things for people to walk to you know it, unless you live in a very particular area it's it's there's there's not businesses available for you to walk to or it's not safe and uh I mean, we, my wife and I have always dreamed of opening a pizzeria in our neighborhood. I was going to say, so is that, that anything about Redford? Yeah, because, yeah, old Redford, it's it's still part of Detroit. Right. Because it's like, to us, we don't make a whole lot of money. So when we went out buying a house, we couldn't afford a house in like a walkable area, you know, which was super important to us. We came from Portland where we could like walk or ride our bike anywhere we wanted to. And now we live in Old Redford where we have to drive 20 minutes to Ferndale or Corktown if we want to go someplace cool. And it's like, that sucks. Like, I want to build up my own neighborhood yeah. so it becomes the neighborhood that I want it to be instead of, like, moving to a neighborhood that already has that. So that's we just we yeah. just always wanted to, like, do our own thing. So that's where you think you're going to you're, – you're, that's at least where you're imagining. That's uh, certainly been the goal, okay. yeah. That's yeah. great. That's inspiring. What – where do you so obviously you move from Portland, right? West Coast has a vibe. Detroit has a pizza. Um, I mean, we're, I, I mean, I feel like we're one of the most important pizza cities, but that's probably because I'm biased. <laughs> but what is your favorite Detroit square pizza? And there is a right and wrong answer. Oh, square pizza. Yeah. Um, I love Michigan and Trumbull. I love. Okay, but that's not. I mean, that's new. So what is? All right, no, it's fine. Okay, right, um, of the classics, of the of the classics. So, oh God, you're gonna hate me, but. Um, 
<laughs> I've really only ever been to Jets. I haven't been to. Okay, I have been to. Um, you never been. To, you've never been to Cloverleaf or Louis. No, okay, I haven't we, been. We have to go on a pizza tour. I know. All right, I'll take. I you. know. I will happily take you on a pizza tour. I've you been to Buddies. Uh, Buddies. I don't. It's fine. It's yeah. good. I don't really. I don't quite get it. Sure. I'm just not from here. Uh, Jets is super satisfying to me. Kind of just reminds me of like. Uh, I don't know, pan pizza from Pizza Hut, which well, is very familiar. Yeah, no, it's true. Jets is the fast food version yeah. of Detroit Square. And I, I, I'm a Jets fan. And I say that, I, I say that um, in a complimentary way. It is the fast food version of Detroit Square. Yeah, I'm a fan. But like when it comes to uh, just like wanting to order pizza and I'll certainly eat it. I will eat a lot of Jets pizza. <laughs> but it's it's at the, at the end of eating it, I'm just like, oh, oh man. Oh, no, you feel I a little could, rough. I could not, I could go with not eating that for a while. Yeah, you need like a nap and like a therapist. Like it's, a little, <laughs> it's like a little. It's a commitment. It's a little you know, bit you're much. Like, you got to like plan for it. Yeah. Kind of you know, you got to like, like, yeah. You eat two squares and oh, you're just over. like, oh God. But then you always end up eating like half the pizza anyway. And, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I Detroit pizza is obviously really delicious. It's like a greasy sponge. It is. It's its, its own thing. I'm not really... That's not really my thing. No, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I honestly like, so I love making pizza as well. And I'm, I'm, I make a like brick oven, not, <laughs> you know, and say like, mm-hmm. like the, the pizza that I envision making is different than, than the Detroit square, but yeah. it's almost like a Coney dog or like the slider. Like it's a guilty pleasure that it's nice to be, you know, that's like a, I feel like that's a nice hug from like a grandma or something. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I, but like, yeah, it's obviously it's it's a nuanced thing. I, I I agree. Detroit Square is not, and that's why I mean, like, you look at Michigan Trumbull and Como's. Those are like two newcomers to the yeah. Detroit, and you see them. I mean, I think there's a pizza company down in Austin, Texas. There's one in Brooklyn. Detroit Pizza is kind of like branching out. Detroit Pizza is huge. Yeah, I hear about it all the time in Portland. It, yeah, it happened after I moved out, and now it's it's over there, and it's just so funny because now uh, living in Detroit, it's like pizza is just pizza, but right. every, everywhere else it's like, oh yeah, Detroit, Detroit style. style. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ian Delisi. I'm Rob Reinhardt. And we're about to bring back the perfect opportunity to honor your favorite pet and support WDET. During our spring fundraiser, Ann and I will combine our shows so you can honor your dog. Or your cat. Or your dog. And WDET with a gift of support. We're looking forward to hearing about your pets, no matter what kind of cat that is. Cats and dogs and any other pet you may have will be part of our fundraiser. And if you can't wait till the weekend, make your gift now at WDET.org slash give. Or call 800 959 I, I really wanted to open up a New York slice place because I live right by the Redford Theater, which on the weekends mm. is like you super could totally packed. Do slices, and, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of my original thought was yep. to do that, but then it was with Val's Pizza. I got the these uni ovens, which I could only really make pizzas more like twelve inch. I got a sixteen inch oven, so I was like, sweet, I'm gonna do like these big New York style pizzas. But it didn't really work that way. It was just like one side would like burn and. So I, it just sort of morphed into this more of like neo-Neapolitan thing. Mm-hmm. And so and then I got a wood fire trailer after starting with the uni ovens. And so then that's obviously more of a Neapolitan thing. So my whole concept, which started in the beginning in my head as I, I honestly wanted to 
to be in competition with Sapinos. I wanted to be another New York style pizzeria gotcha. in Detroit. Yeah. That's what was in my head. I was, cause they, there, there's something really out there like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And that goes back to my original point of like, yeah, Detroit does have a lot of pizzerias, but they also, there's not a whole lot of variety and there's not a lot of options to everyone. So my thought was like, I'm going to open up this New York style place, like next to this theater. And, um, but anyway, as, as the brand kind of evolved, it didn't work out to be New York sure. style pizza. And I'm happy with how it is now. And, um, so maybe, describe your pizza now, Vale. My pizza now, I as I said, I, I describe it um, as sort of neo-Neapolitan, which to me, um, I think that's pretty common terminology for that. So that to me, that means um, sort of um, working off of the standards of Neapolitan pizza, which ne- the the people in Naples are very strict about their pizza. They have a lot of rules. It's you have to use a certain kind of tomato, a certain kind of cheese, a certain kind of flour. The Talk pizza, about those things. Yeah, the pizza has to be baked in an oven between 800, 950 degrees, I believe. It has to be wood fire. It has to be, the cheese has to be either fior di latte, which is fresh mozzarella, or has to be buffalo mozzarella. Uh, this is for classic margarita. Mm-hmm. It has to use San Marzano tomatoes, which are only grown in a certain region at the Vesuvius Mountain or whatever. <laughs> um, margarita pizza can only ever have to, the crushed tomatoes, olive oil, mozzarella, parm maybe, and that's it, and basil. Uh, a Neapolitan pizza can only ever be uh, a margarita, marinara pizza. They might allow other toppings. I might mm-hmm. be wrong about that, but they have a just a lot of a ton yeah. of rolls. What about flour? The flour? Flour has to be double zero. It has to be which is super finely milled, um, which most places use caputo. It's just that's the one that I use as well. Are you all double O? Yeah, so I use that. So that's Talk sort about of the differences between those flours for people that don't know. This is a very, very, very fine flour. It's like, very finely milled. Like Tom, Thomas Keller will use it for like his pasta dough. Right. It's like a, it's ah, considered mm-hmm. like a restaurant type mm-hmm. flour, you know, for like right. really. Delicate texture. So talk yeah. about the difference between the way, that and the what we buy in the grocery store to make whatever. All purpose. Yeah. yeah. What's double, the difference? Double zero flour is intended for high ovens and a short bake. Okay. And mm-hmm. it is uh, super fine, so it creates a really fluffy dough, whereas oftentimes New York style pizzerias will have uh, super high protein, um, almost like a bread flour. And which gives it more structure and chew. Like as you see like the New York style pizzerias tossing the dough like super high in the air right. and it's super elastic. Or even like the pizza competitions. That's because the, their dough is like, uh, they're like rubber bands and right. it's just like tons of gluten. Whereas uh, in Neapolitan or pizza from Naples, they like their dough to be really tender. So when they pick up a... Uh, a ball of dough and they open it, it just like almost just like flows out and it requires very little handling. And so when you eat it, it's like very pillowy and it's a lot of people don't like it. It's very tender. It's almost floppy. It's a little soupy, kind of drips off. The- but the digestion part is interesting yeah, to me. So when I- you're digesting the, the- you know, how you feel after you eat these two is to be very different then. Yeah, say, the flowers right? that they use in Europe are supposedly a lot better for your stomach. My wife is gluten-free and so she um, doesn't eat, she doesn't eat my pizza. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 
So I, I know a little bit about these mm-hmm. things. Yeah. But um, have you made a gluten free pizza yet? Yeah, I do. Okay. I regularly make gluten free. Okay. I actually make a Caputo, the double zero flour that the uh, Neapolitan pizzerias mm-hmm. use. They make a gluten free brand of flour. I just get it on Amazon, nice. and it. The so re- what, what does your yeah. wife say about that? Does she? Oh, it's the best. Is, is it <laughs> yeah. she's, you get the seal of approval. Yeah, so no, you're, it's you're, really good. Your concept good. will probably have a gluten free. Yeah, pizza. yeah, for sure. I think. Like, as far as a pop-up, we're pretty limited on vegan options. And so I get messages all the time, like, do you offer vegan cheese, vegan pizza? And it's like, no. It's a pop-up. It's a pop-up. Like, pause, I'm sorry. Pause, vegans. You got to wait for the real Yeah, thing. like, I can only, everything I sell at a pop-up, I have to, like, find a way to pack up yeah. and return it. You know, it's just, I can only do so much. I also right? recommend you start a vegan Kickstarter, like, Hey guys, you want to you know, or even GoFundMe? If like, I did, <laughs> if I did just like vegan a vegan Val's pizza, yeah. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> would, yeah. it would be so huge. I know, totally. I love, I love obviously vegan cooking, but like the vegan community is also very like they're very like riled up. They're very loud. They're very loud. Yeah. I uh, no offense, I, I really want to be inclusive to everybody, but at the same time, the pizza that I am looking to make isn't vegan, and I don't. It's you okay. know, there's there's tons of pizzas out there for yeah. vegan people, and I, I I'm happy to make a pizza without cheese, yeah. but it, mm. I don't necessarily want to start uh, start in with uh, you know cashew cheese yeah, or yeah. fake cheeses. Right. It's, it's, I don't it's, think it's, any I, of that cheese no, melts very no, well. No, no, I honestly like I like a cheese free pizza for certain things, oh, toppings. Yeah. And like I agree with you, but do you put honey in your dough or no? No, oh, yeah. it's uh, and that's another thing about Neapolitan pizza is the flour, the dough has to be flour, water, salt, yeast. The, that's it. the yeast could be any form of yeast. It could be like fresh yeast. It could yeah. be a starter. Um, and I do the same thing. It's just just simple. That's it. Because when you, you when you eat a, a dough like that, it's like eating like a. It's like eating bread, like a baguette that really like chews and tears. Yeah. When you start adding sugar or fats, it gets starts being more tender and more um, uh, pastry-like, if you will. So, so now, how long did add, how long did you how long did it take you to get the dough where you wanted it? I uh, so yeah, I was kind of going into that a little bit earlier. I uh, basically just took a basic ratio online, you know, of what it's, you know, it's pre- pretty simple. I'm not reinventing anything. Nobody's reinventing anything anymore. So right. it's just like, uh, uh, dough goes by the percentage of the flour. So it's a hundred percent flour and then a certain percentage of, of hydration. So my hydration is 66%. So that means say a thousand grams of flour is going to have 660 grams of water and then the salt and the yeast is like a certain percentage. It's pretty standard. So I, I just grabbed that information online and I kind of, like I was saying earlier, I just I just started doing what works for me. And I knew that I wanted to have a bit of fermentation on my dough. So I just literally just made the dough and stuck it in the fridge and forgot about it for a few days and kind nice. of just messed around with that here and there and found out that you know, that this is just what I like. Like I, I make the dough... Uh, with pretty cool water and I don't mix it very long. I keep it like pretty shaggy. There's like kind of a new um, philosophy for making bread that's like a no need method, which means that you kind of just very minimally mix it. And as the dough sits, it forms its own gluten. And that way, the, the less that you're physically messing with it, the less chance you have of 
making it overly tough or... So does that work? Yeah. So it, it, it works for me, you know, like yeah. I... Uh, <laughs> I kind of just mix it until it's like kind of shaggy and I just let it, let it sit, sit in my nice. fridge for like three or four days. And then I ball it up, let it proof, get nice and puffy. And it's just awesome. But you do activate a yeast though, right? You add like- Not really. So there's no, no. yeast at all? No, there's yeast. But yeah. I don't, you know, I don't activate it in like warm water. Gotcha, gotcha. The water I use is like 75, 80 oh, degrees. Yeah, so it's, it's like pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's just the, it's just time. Time yeah. makes it nice. uh, grow. And, and so you've been able to be consistent. About, I mean, I'm sure that's like a challenge too, is to be consistent about your dough and that it's always the same. Or that's definitely the biggest challenge. But you know, like sometimes I, as a pop up, it's it's a challenge. Consistency is a challenge. You just always uh, the challenge is getting some place on time and like, <laughs> you know, figuring out where to set up or how to set up or like, where is their walk-in? Like, you know, do they have a walk-in? Usually if I know all these things in advance, but sometimes I just show up and I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so you do a lot of pop-ups and so there's always a little bit of mystery to that. There's like, a lot of mystery. Like and what am I walking into and how's yeah, this going to go, right? Every yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, in, in an ideal situation, I have a meeting beforehand and it's like, show me where I can set up. Show me where the walk-in is. Um, and then, like, some places, it's just, like, uh, like we just catered a wedding um, last week or whatever. And, you know, it's sometimes it's just, like, showing up and being, like, okay, let's figure this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, staying consistent, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say that's a big challenge. And it's just simply because since we're a pop-up, People are just so grateful that we're there and we're offering a pizza style that a lot of people have never experienced. Mm -hmm. And uh, we put a lot of care into the service and into the ingredients. And so that really shows through. So even if the dough maybe is a little off that day or uh, maybe even like a pizza is a little off, like it's not quite balanced or something, I, a lot of people just don't notice and they love it anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're just very... Um, they're just really appreciative that you're working so hard for them. And they, and the beauty of what we do is it's all outside. Like we have a wood fire trailer and we just set up tables in front of it outside and we have a canopy. So everyone can see everything we do and they, they just see how busy we are. And they see that we have 20 tickets that we're working ahead of you. Right. And uh, everyone's just so nice. That's pretty good. How long does it take a pizza to cook? Um, in our oven, we kind of go for about a three-minute bake, which mm -hmm. going back to Neapolitan, it's right. more like 90 seconds. But um, I find that three minutes gives it a little bit more crispiness. So that means that we have our oven slightly lower. So we, we're going for like more of a 700, 750s instead of like 950. Um, and so, yeah, and if someone comes up and there's nobody else waiting – Start to finish the pizzas in your hands in like five minutes. That's amazing. So, well, um, but are the unis done now because you have the trailer? Yeah, yeah, I still have the unis. They come in handy, and when I cater small parties or something like that, yeah. it's just easier than taking a giant trailer and like lighting a fire. Yeah, and like, of course. Yeah, but how, how long does that fire take you to get to the right temp? Um, I'm getting a lot better at it. Probably like an hour and a half. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. when I first started, it was just not quite grasping. There's just a bit of a learning curve. I have experience working with wood fire ovens, but um, the fact that I'm not operating it every day, I'm usually, every time I 
go to start a fire in the oven, the oven's just totally cold. Yeah, cold yeah. So it takes forever. And so when I first started, it was taking me like three hours and yeah. so much fuel. But now I'm like kind of nailing it. I just I actually just bought a Forno Bravo um, oven for my backyard. Cool. I'm like getting like in all, no no gas assist. I want like I like I it was like during the sh- I bought it like you know I feel like forever ago because it was like during COVID and it just takes you know everyone's behind but I'm, I'm going all in on wood fired. I just I feel like once you start cooking wood fired and I cooked a lot in wood fired but never owned a, an oven. Yeah. And one, I feel like once you start cooking wood fired pizzas like it's hard to do anything else. It's so much fun. I don't really take advantage of it as much as I should just because I just feel so busy but um I it's so much fun because you can do a lot with it once it starts cooling down like yeah. I've smoked meats in it you nice. can bake breads right, um right. really anything the, I use the oven as it's heating up to roast vegetables for oh, yeah. for service and stuff cool. and it's just so elementary it's you also just, so ba- yeah it was, it's so primitive too. yeah it's so primitive it's like Fire, like one fire in yeah. a domed environment is your only source. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I don't, I'm, you come from Portland. I'm sure you know Ned Ludd. Yeah. And, you know, like yeah. Jason French is like a buddy of mine. And like his whole concept was one wood fired oven. And, I like, love I was, that. I was always like slightly jealous because I was like, man, it's so cool. And like his brunch program, like very, very smart cooking to basically build a concept around a wood oven. Yeah. But, they had this pizza pop up. Did you ever hear about Preem? No. So they were closed on Mondays and a couple of the cooks at, at Ned Ludd were pizza lovers. I think they worked at Roberta's or something, if I remember correctly. And so on Mondays, they, um, they were already closed. They turned it into this nineties style pizza pizzeria with like red checkered cloth, like, uh, Oh, and they, they played nineties hip hop. Oh my God. And they called it preem. It was P R E A M like, like instead of cream, it's preem. <laughs> Pizza rules everything around me. Oh my god! And uh, so they uh, they did that on Mondays. That was actually when I was talking to Andy at Selden about a pizza pop up. That was my whole thing. Was like, dude, preem is super tight. It's basically like they have a restaurant like Selden, but they they flip it yeah. one day a week into this like fun like uh, loud hip hop you know. And I was like trying to push him to I, do that. I like. I think this is still a great idea. I know. Like, Selden on Mondays should be this concept. I haven't really talked to Andy. Can we get Andy on speakerphone right now? (laughs) This should be a thing. I've actually been dying to talk to him about it again. If I had a wood-fired oven, I I would steal you for this idea. But yeah, let's do this. That was kind of my original concept with Val's Pizza is um, I have a good working relationship with so many restaurants. And my whole theme all along was translating different food onto a pizza and mm-hmm. kind of just like wowing people with that. So my thought was to do pop-ups at everybody's restaurants and basically yeah. just do their food on my pizza. So cool. um, like Brad and I are still talking about doing one there. And, um, you know, like we did one at Rose's and I tried to do it like kind of like food that Rose's customers would yeah. love. And we did a brunch one pretty recently at Folk. And nice. so we did brunch pizzas, like similar to the food that they would have. And yeah, I just thought it would be fun to like take over like Selden and do yeah. like Selden on pizzas for Love a night it. or even just something like super wacky that Selden customers have never even had before. Yeah. But so be you fun. bring your truck to these. Exactly. All right. So now we're going to do it at Mabel. So that's the idea. I All right. It. Let's do it. it. Right. <laughs> the Mabel pizza. So, um, so, so how can somebody experience your pizza? Right. So this is probably like, this is probably a month, a few months from now from when we actually release it. So like if somebody wants to either go to a pop-up 
or book you for their wedding or, you know, some kind of event, right? So how can I experience your pizza as a customer listening to this right now? If somebody wants to experience Fell's Pizza as a customer, we do pop-ups every Monday at Keesling. It's a really awesome cocktail bar. It's on, um, it's in Milwaukee Junction, New Center area. And uh, we park outside every Monday between 5 to 8, uh, weather permitting. If it's storming, usually we do some sort of pop-up indoors, like Stromboli or something. We use their their kitchen and uh, pull something out of our ass. But uh, <laughs> um Keesling every Monday, um, and then we kind of book breweries here and there. We post things on our Instagram. We have a website, Val's Pizza Detroit. It's probably not as updated as it should be, so, so it's best Instagram. to just best to just follow our Instagram. We're um, we're we're getting there. You know, we get messages all the time like, "Where are you going to be?" I never know how to find you, and it's like, "Yeah, I get it. It's hard to find <laughs> us, but uh, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll work out the kinks eventually." So follow Val's Pizza on Instagram for that. That's right. Thank yeah. you so much, Val. Yeah, Thank you, awesome. and congratulations yeah. on everything. <laughs> Our thanks to Val Markle for joining us. To you for listening. We would like to thank Lamarca Prosecco for their support. From the hills of Veneto, Italy, you can never go wrong with Prosecco, whether it's in a spritz or drinking straight. Joan Isabella is our executive producer with producer David Lyons, editing, mixing, and mastering by Sam Bobian. Production support provided by Studios on the Pond, original music by the Mallet Brothers. This is a production of WDET, Detroit's NPR station.